Welcome to the Manscape, a podcast about being a man in today's ever-changing world. I'm Joseph Benish. And I am Tim Cox. In this episode, we talk Star Wars, autism, and why we decided to start a podcast. But first, if you mm-hmm. like what you're hearing, tell a friend, share this episode, leave us a kind review, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at the Manscape Pod if you feel like reaching out, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at themanscapepod at gmail.com. Joseph, let's talk the podcast first. Go ahead. Tell me why you decided yeah. to Yeah. I mean, this is the inaugural yeah. episode. And how often, yeah, how often do you get to use the word inaugural? It's just, it's a Never good word. Years. Yeah. So this podcast, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I, I have three thoughts for this, and I don't know if you're supposed to have intentions about podcasts, but I guess everybody does. First is it I want it to be a place where people can have a conversation about things they may or may not agree on and learn how to have these conversations. And that's related to the second reason I wanted to do this is because in our world, there is no right and wrong. There is no good and bad. There's only that big gray spectrum in the middle and spectrum, you know, kind of a, a, a almost a pun based on this, uh, the other one of the topics yeah. for this podcast. And then third is because I also I wanted to balance it out with just learning about cool shit. You know, we we've all got you know fun friends that know about food and fashion and alcohol and cigars and stuff. So let's take time to bring those people in to have like a deep dive on cool shit in the world. So that way we get some some deep conversation. And just learn about some fun stuff nice. along the way. Uh, well, what about you? Uh, I I already was doing a podcast, but you had approached me about this podcast and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it, and I immediately said yes. Well, for yeah. the most part, because I just like to talk. So, um, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I run my mouth quite a bit, and and uh, but I think for the most part, what intrigued me most about your idea was that. It was it was rational conversation. Um, we have two, you know, different political views. We look at the world for in two different ways, but you know, we've still been friends for over twenty years. You know, and it's it's there's there's a lot of of a lot of people talking and not a lot of people listening to each other, and and listening to hear what each other has to say and 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 their their opinions, despite the fact that they they agree or don't agree, they hear each other out and they respect what each other's opinions are and, and just, you know, shake hands and and they're on their way. So that is essentially why I definitely wanted to do this because I think we've had a lot of conversations in the past and, and uh, it's, uh, you know, despite the fact that I'm a little bit more on the conservative end of things, uh, you know, you, you, uh, I, I seem to have wowed you with, with the way I, I feel about the world. And, and at the same time, I think we, we, we kind of see things mm-hmm. very similar, but different, you know, you know, at the same time. So. Yeah. Like there, yeah. there's a lot of overlap and I love what you said about the listening, you know, humans, especially like in Western world, we're always waiting mm-hmm. for a turn to talk. So like, how do we create a space, you know, where you're trying to listen first? It's really hard for us to do. We're all mm-hmm. you know, individuals. We all have opinions, uh, well, you know, we all have assholes. Yeah. <laughs> so but how do you, uh, how do you practice that yeah. listening? That's true. And yeah. you know, and I think in a lot of ways, people aren't really listening to the, the, you know, there's not just two sides of every story. There's, there's multiple sides and you have to hear 
everything so many to really form so an many. opinion but in this day and age people are really fed their opinions and they just go along with things and this is kind mm-hmm. of where we are in the world this is where we are politically economically and and we believe what the little box is telling us you know and and it's best to yeah and those those algorithms <laughs> that feed yeah. us the stuff myself included they had they were there's like technology it was all really good ideas really cool technology so we can see what's going on in the world we can see you know things happening around the world instantly but also now dividing us because those algorithms that showed us like what t-shirt we want to wear was like, man, I really like a t-shirt or that pair of Converse, you know, they're also feeding us our political Mm -hmm. views, more of the same. Like I've got like five pairs of Converse and I've got the same five sort of feeds coming in Mm -hmm. my devices. So these algorithms that were meant for good and making things easier on us are also like messing with our heads because they're narrowing our views of the world. So then here we are ready to talk about the things in the world, random topics, uh, social topics, entertainment topics, all kinds of different things that we, that we want to provide our perspective on and kind of share the manscape. Yeah. So to speak. Right. Little play on words there. Yeah. Yes. The the manscape of what's out there. And I'm really excited when we get guests. I mean, inaugural episode, this is just obviously going to be us riffing, but I'm excited for, for guests, for listener mail, if that happens, you know, once we get up to our tens of listeners. Oh, do you want to talk about your other podcast? Yeah, so we, uh, I know you've been a guest on on our show, um, or a co-host actually. Um, It's The Final Take, uh, which is an entertainment TV podcast. No video, just completely audio. We're on all the platforms at the final take pod on all social channels and the final take is where you can hear us talk about myself and my partner in crime and brother-in-law Nelson. We talk movies, TVs, all kinds of pop culture stuff. Um, and, uh, what's streaming, what's coming up. And it's, it's a really good time. It's a lot of shenanigans, yeah. so to speak. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. You should check it out. It's a Thanks. great podcast. It's one of my guilty pleasures. It's one of my weekend podcasts. And that's probably a good segue. Are we going to talk about autism first or wars um, first? You know what? I would say let's let's kind of one hand washes the other, but let's talk about autism first. Autism wars. So yeah. we're, we're talking Star Wars and autism at the same time. And you came up with this topic. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you came up with this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the autism uh, for a couple reasons. One, because and you're pretty open about having a, a son mm-hmm. with autism, and I have uh, a couple family members have a, a different, you know, uh, disability uh, of different kinds. Although a lot of people think that they have autism, and I've worked with kids with autism uh, when I worked in group homes, so I've kind of been around that community a, a fair bit. Probably fair to say more than mm-hmm. the average person. And I actually think that's one of the things that society is kind of waking up to re-using re, re, that word spectrum I did before very intentionally. It's like this world is very, very broad, you know, mm-hmm. autism, Asperger's. And I think it's a great, I think it's a great sort of keyhole to start, you know, looking through and opening up the mm-hmm. things we didn't know 
20 years ago, certainly 60 years ago about people where brains work that were opening up to. And I know I wouldn't be the person I am if I didn't have, you know, my hero, you know, who's my brother, um, you know, who, who grew up with a, a, a disability. Um, he's, you know, what people would call neuroatypical. And you know, he, he's my hero. He's my great teacher. So, yeah. So that was for me, like a kind of a good deep thing, but something I have a connection to and, and hopefully stuff mm-hmm. you're willing to share yeah. about that. But I, the world that just continually learns and that's a good thing. Like what's going on more and more about people, you know, yeah. people. With well, you know, um, the star Wars thing comes into play because as a, as a dad, as a new dad, my, my dance card was essentially, you know, I want to coach little league. I want to go to baseball games. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then when he was um, about three years old or no, four years, I think he was four years old. um, We we had had him in speech and, and occupational therapy, you know, for speech delays and cognitive delays. Um, But uh, once he got out of preschool going into kindergarten, they had given him a determination of autism. Uh, through the public school system and um, you know and and there was a lot of you know it it wasn't you know an easy life lots of appointments you know going through the the medical diagnosis process too Um, so a lot of those things that I had initially thought about when when I was becoming a new dad was you know just completely falling off the list completely you know nothing 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 and so Mm -hmm. star wars actually became the biggest connection that one of the biggest connections that we had it was the first real one um you know he's you know definitely you know my son uh you know he loves hugs he's a sweet little kid um but when it comes to having that father-son connection with him it was, you know, just like I was his dad and, and he was my son. And, and that was really kind of it. I, you know, met his needs and fed him and, and bathed them and all that other kind of stuff. But, but ultimately that, you know, thing in common had yet to be established. And um, surprisingly enough, it mm-hmm. was the Mandalorian that did it. So, yes. Hmm. I don't think I knew that because I, I knew you had mentioned mm-hmm. Star Wars yeah. being a connector for you too, but I didn't know which, you know, I assumed, of course, it was episode four, mm-hmm. A New Hope, but uh, that well, was Well, I tried to wrong. get him to watch this, you know, different Star Wars things. And he had watched like the Clone Wars and stuff like that because mainly it was cartoons and stuff. And, and that was really it, just, you know, colorful objects yeah. on the screen and stuff. But, um, it the starting with the Mandalorian, we were able to go back and start watching the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy. We have not yet made it through the prequels. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think he may have watched some of the the, mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy, um, the most recent films. Um, you know, just kind of on and off. You but, didn't wait. You didn't let him watch the prequels, did um, you? He. he because I'm going to call yeah. CPS right now if you let your son watch he the prequel. He only watched the first one, um, you know, but because he wanted to know. And then he was like. Yeah. Well, the- his favorite character is Darth Vader. Um, and, you know, so I was thinking, okay. oh, let's try out the whole Darth Vader. He sat and we watched the entire original trilogy, um, you know, from start to finish. You know, okay. uh, as we know it, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi um mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. 
we had actually um, tried to start the, the prequels, but for the most part, he's watched the Mandalorian. And so that was, okay. that was pretty much where, where we're at. Yeah. Solid, so though. yeah. And, Great show. and, um, and I, th- I think he liked, we watched the, the uh, episode seven, um, which is essentially kind of a, a really mm-hmm. just a, a reboot of, of a new hope, you know, just a, a different direction. But yeah. Um, yeah. So the, those were the, you know, he, anything, anything Darth Vader, he's, he's all about the dark side. So, and he likes Kylo Ren yeah. as well, but, but yeah, that was our first connection. So, yeah. Okay. So your first mm-hmm. connection with Star Wars, I, I assumed it was that, uh, that was a surprise for me. What were the surprises for you about now knowing intimately a kid, someone with, with autism that you thought you knew before? Like, what were the surprises? Like, cause again, a lot of people, I think most people, unless you have you know, someone in family mm-hmm. who has autism or, or a good friend, you, you know, we just mm-hmm. kind of know the surface again, like the, you know, the media version. Yeah. What were a couple of the big uh, surprises? Um, you? you know, it, it, it's it's kind of interesting because he was he he had all of a lot of stereotypical um, things that he did. He didn't make eye contact. Um, he he doesn't directly answer things. You know, when you ask him about how his day was, he'd just be good and those kinds of things. Um, as you know, mm-hmm. as time went on, the the things that surprised. Are, are really it's really the progress that he makes as he moves moves forward and gets older and mm. and those kinds of things um he's it, it, those those little moments because you're you're really caught up in a lot of the the appointments and the IEP meetings and talking to the teachers and and all these kinds of things constantly mm-hmm. that and yeah I so those, when yeah. You, when it comes down to it um you know, those, the first time he said something to me and looked me straight in the eye and it's, it just caught me off guard. Mm. You know, I actually, I do remember we, well, wow. oh, we were I, giving him some occupational prepper. IEP oh. for anybody listening, uh, ind- individualized uh, yeah. education plan, very common phrase, education phrase for people who don't have, you know, yeah. So t- typically, um, uh, Kids are um, some some kind of type of educational disability where where you have to have a plan for your kid, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I still remember when he looked me in the eye. It was uh, we were getting him occupational therapy on the side, and um, he came out of it and looked me straight in the eye and said something right there. He was at eye level when I was seated, and mm-hmm. it's just like you know, you just want to cry, yeah. you know. And um, you know, there yeah. were some there's it's he still surprises me, you know he's. He's a sweet kid. Um, he, he struggles with emotional regulation, um, which a lot of kids with autism do. So mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, trying to get him to, you know, think critically, move to make the, the, the communication choice before you make the meltdown choice, you know, those kinds of things. And when he when he when he achieves mm-hmm. that, you know, he's he's a super smart kid. He can read. He's really smart at math. Um, just those emotional issues that he has, just those are the things that kind of hold him back. Um, you know, but I, you know, there's no question that he's going to have, you know, a job, life, all those kinds of things. He, you know, knowing his limits, knowing when to decompress, you know, um, this is one thing he was yeah. able to do is like come to me recently and say, Hey, you know, I, I, the, the, the things are getting loud. Um, when we're, when we're having a family party or something like that, I'm at my in-laws 
Hey, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things are getting loud. Mm-hmm. I can't do take it anymore. Can you take me home? And you know, that's, you know, we drive separately to go to, to any of the family parties because the other kids are just running around screaming. So, um, you know, it just right. it doesn't, doesn't really work for him. That's awesome that he can articulate yeah. that to you. How He's old is he now? now. He's yeah, 10, 10, 12. Yeah. Yeah. 10. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So we, we talked. Oh no, that was it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, we talked, uh, when we're talking about this episode about, I think you said something about like, what does it mean to be like an autism dad or like mm-hmm. an advocate for somebody, you know, with autism, I mean, because men, this, I mean, this is like the perfect first, you know, inaugural episode yeah. for the manscape because historically this is one of our challenges, you know, men, you know, with a stoic, you know, quiet, you know, don't talk about our emotions, you know, again, uh, when I talk about things on here, if anybody listens ever again, you know, I'm always going to talk yeah. about like the rule, you know, mm-hmm. the trend, the majority trend. We don't talk about the exceptions. We talk about the trend for men historically has been like, be strong, be mm-hmm. silent. So like that idea of asking for help or that idea of advocating, you know, for others, I think is mm-hmm. a good trait for men, like, you know, standing yeah. up for others. But, you know, we know mob mentality, you know, like we fall to that lowest common mm-hmm. denominator a lot. Yeah. So what does it mean to be an advocate, you know, to be a man? Well, and- um, it's interesting to be, it's, it's funny you say that because I, you know, I have a, a few stories of some dads, but um, you know, it, it, being an advocate is really, you're an advocate for your child because you're an advocate for the autism community in general, if you're an advocate for your child, but everybody's journey is different because it's a spectrum, you know, where, where people, sit Mm -hmm. on the spectrum is, is Mm going to be a completely different thing. Um, you know, I actually had, um, uh, a, a higher leader in my organization at work who has two kids with autism. One is nonverbal. She's, uh, I think she's 18 years old. Um, you know, they, you know, she, Mm -hmm. she has a lot of, lot of issues, but you know, their other son is, is very high functioning and you know, it's, it's, you know, easy, you know, little, little easier to deal with. But, um, when we had that first IEP meeting, it was, a they call it a MET. I don't know what it stands for, but it's, it's a, um, it's the, where the school psychologist does a determination of autism. Right. And so, um, and what they, what they recommend going into kindergarten, Hey, um, we, Oh, Met means a multidisciplinary evaluation right there. team. So, um, and just just as a just as a FYI, there it's a it's an informational journey all the way because nobody has all the answers. Nobody knows everything's changing. Autism advocating for autism through um, organizations through uh, this you know the trying to navigate things to get your child care the appropriate care is just, you just don't know everything and you find out little bits and pieces along the way. So he gets, he got his initial met. And then as a sidebar, it's usually a state law that you can disagree with that to get an independent educational evaluation. And the school, the school district will pay for Mm -hmm. it, which we did later on. But the first one, 
So kind of like an appeal yeah, process. Kind yeah, kind of. It's it's like we don't agree with what they're saying because we we saw some other things, and I had some. I was I, I had mm-hmm. some suspicions that he may have had dyslexia, and he he does have severe dyslexia. Um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, that, that's something else. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. something a lot of people don't know is, uh, I don't know why this is, but it's really common. I know for people with autism, and I'm not sure about other sort of neurotypical um, disabilities, where if you've got one, you've got yeah. like two or three. It's very rare, as I understand it, to just have like right. one diagnosis. There's usually like a couple yeah. of things and going so on there. The first MET meeting that he had, we were... Um, in the room with, you know, you're in the room with a whole bunch of people, a school psychologist, teacher, a random teacher that they call in, the principal sometimes. And he had actually, um, they, or they, they were actually approaching it gently, especially looking at me saying, we uh, made the determination of autism and he, we recommend that he goes into a self-contained room, um, you know, very treading lightly because I, I, I have heard stories from some, some, uh, my wife's friends where they, they have, you know, uh, a kid with autism or whatever. And, you know, the dad's not always excited about that, you know, or, or wanting to advocate or wanting to have a, a role. Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, why, why, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the, Biggest thing is like I want to get my son. You got you got to take right. a crack at it. We, well, you know, I, I want to mm-hmm. get my son as far as I can get him, and and and, and it's my job to prepare mm-hmm. my children for life, no matter what it is I have to do. And now I have this this added barrier where I have to help him overcome in order for him to be successful in life. And, and no matter what, I got to do it. So. so uh, I'm, I'm going to dig mm-hmm. in here a little bit, Tim. I, I feel like, you know, one of the lack of ex- sort of excitement, you said dads aren't excited about that. I mean, is, is there a I stigma? more of a stigma. You know, like yeah, a historical yeah, stigma? Yeah, I think it's, it's a stigma. Um, and you said, you, and then the other word, because I, I mean, I, I, I don't know two people that would disagree with that if someone has like, you know, in, you know, a neurotypical you know, disability, like there's a stigma with that. You know, uh, uh, what do we call those classrooms? Um Oh, you just said it. Private classrooms. Um, yeah, self-contained classrooms. And for people who don't know, that's those classrooms that are just you know people with you know like with autism Dis- or disabilities. Other, you know, it's the special ed. But you also said mm-hmm. barrier. Yeah, but barrier is mm-hmm. an interesting word though because, and I know I know you know this as well as I do, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call you mm-hmm. out because that's what we're here to do. Like yeah. I'll call you in. You know, that's another really like hard negative word. When I have friends, I've got an, I've got another friend who has. Uh, an adult um they have a child uh they're an adult i don't want to like be too specific because they're not on the show i have got their permission to talk about them but uh they're uh nonverbal, and some of their friends myself included are like maybe that's maybe that's their mm-hmm. best life maybe this is his he's living his best life and yes in terms of the mainstream that word you know barrier probably you know, is a good descriptive word. So, but this is me like trying to ask questions, you know, it's, it's historically, mm-hmm. there's a stigma. There are maybe barriers to learning in that, you know, traditional way, but 
I mean, what do you think about all that stuff that I just yeah. threw out at you on our inaugural? Yeah, you know, podcast? despite the fact that, and, and I understand educational barriers because I had them growing up myself. Um, but um, is that theater? Because you actually, were a I kid? wasn't a theater kid. <laughs> well, Tim and I have the same barrier. We, yeah. we were both. I mean, I, kids. <laughs> I I was more of a theater when I when I was uh, older in life. But and I've always wanted to do that. But I was completely. I had a, mm. you know, I was shy. I, I was introverted and stuff, but you know, I, I, how, how does this sound? I mean, while, while you're talking, while we're talking about barriers, it's, you know, although your child has some barriers, it's, you know, the dad really has a larger barrier and that, that helps impede mm. the success of your child because they can't get over their mm. shit to mm-hmm. help advocate for their kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, no matter what, man, you gotta, mm. you gotta take care of your kids. That's like the first thing you, you want to have a kid, mm-hmm. no matter what, what kind of kid comes out, whatever happens in life, those mm-hmm. are the, those are your responsibilities. And it's, uh, I, I mm-hmm. do think that, and that was, that was the first thought I had when they were treading lightly about that because my wife and I had talked about it was, um, do you think that some parents just, don't want to, or, or in particular, some dads just want to give a hands up approach and say, just put them in the general ed class and let them fail. Essentially not verbalizing mm-hmm. that, but just let them fail because mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. want that stigma of their kid being essentially in a special education class. Um, and my perspective is mm-hmm. I gotta, yeah, yeah I gotta do what it takes stigma. because my, my kid's going to be fine. Dude, I think you spoke some some truth there. It is our barrier again as as men in the mainstream. You know, I, I don't I don't have any um, biological children myself, but I, we all had those images. You know, the uh, especially if we have sons. You know, the football player. You know, the academic, mm-hmm. the lawyer, whatever that is of like these really high bars we want. You know, for our kids. And I, dude, you said it. Mm-hmm. It is our barrier um, for them right. living their best life that may be totally different than what we were picturing when we were watching. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I think that, that I, I would never want to put my child in a position to have them be held back in any way, shape or form because of me, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't have my shit together or anything like that, you know, and, and recently I've, and I told you this, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't really, told the world this but you know there i i did suspect following the one thing i wanted to do is to kind of see how what kind of a person my my kid may turn into as an adult by seeking out adults with autism and that are on social media and Hmm. see see what they have to say you know people who openly talk about it um and I started identifying with one particular person called, uh, she goes by on, on Instagram. She goes by atypical Aaron. And, uh, she talks about a lot about her autism journey. And I started identifying with a lot of things myself, you Mm -hmm. know? And so Mm -hmm. I took a few self assessments. I haven't been diagnosed, but it, there's a strong possibility that I myself have autism. So, um, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of those things that we're mm-hmm. learning. I mean, I think it, it makes sense when you 
say it, you know, that that spectrum is much broader than we ever thought. Because it's yeah. true in every other way. You know, you got people that are really mm-hmm. good with numbers. And they just, they just pick up numbers in math. I was always good at math, you know, which which was a big help and, and still is. People good with language. People good, you know, with um, art, you know, and, and um, painting and drawing and design. So, like, if our brains run this massive spectrum, you know, across all, you know, 7 mm-hmm. billion of us, of course it also yeah. makes sense that these things considered neuroatypical, although maybe they're not, you know, maybe we'll find out in a hundred years, you know, we're, you know, we all have, you know, differences that could be qualified or classified, you know, historically yeah. as disabilities, you know, may, maybe all that shit is swirly yeah. and mixed. I mean, in yeah, there. I definitely think so. I mean, for me, my learning ability was kind of hampered when I was in school, mainly because of how things were taught. Now, now they have the Montessori things. They have different ways, you know, people on, people on IEPs, you know, before, you know, especially growing up in Southern California, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just like, you were either mainstream kid, you were remedial or you were special education, you know? And so, um, you know, they just Mm -hmm. didn't want to deal with, you know, having to teach to the kids or having to help them out any, you know, you know, yeah. uh, to, so they can learn the way that they can learn. And I didn't do very well. It wasn't until college that I started doing well, learn how to study. Um, you know, I did, did well Mm -hmm. in college and, you know, um, but, uh, I struggled through school, you know, and, and so recognizing those things now, I mean, I, I wouldn't want, I mean, my kids, he's smart as a, as, as a, as I'll get out, but, um, you know, but, uh, emotional mm-hmm. regulation is the biggest thing for him. That's the one thing that kind of stands in his way, but I don't want to do anything to kind of hamper yeah. his ability to kind of move past that because I think he will. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's one of those things that, that, you know, said to me that that's this middle stuff as his classrooms, you know, schools need more funding so they can come mm-hmm. up with different classrooms. Cause like the having kids all sit in the aisle and, you know, rote memorize mm-hmm. everything, you know, that's archaic and it doesn't work for so many kids, maybe most kids. Um, the autism supportive classrooms are really evolving. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have the self-contained classrooms, which is what you said in the past. We're like, okay, stick all the kids in one school, one classroom, just, you know, put a couple of teachers in there to deal with them. Then they started getting, you know, uh, integrated mm-hmm. classrooms. There's even a model out there where there's like, uh, and it might be Sark. I should, I mm-hmm. should have looked this up beforehand, but uh, there are places that have, classrooms that were kind of historically self-contained and then they actually brought neurotypical kids mm-hmm. into that and they're kind of flipping that model on its head where they're bringing neurotypical mm-hmm. kids into atypical yeah. classrooms and mixing it up yeah. there so you know the more nuance mm-hmm. we can bring to education the better off i agree with that we we did the um you know when he was in first grade we took him out of public school um, but when he was in first grade, he was, he had a really great teacher and, um, <clears throat> she, you know, mm-hmm. she integrated him. He was kind of the class leader. He was, you know, the, the most, the mm-hmm. furthest along writing was getting amazing. Reading was getting amazing. And they were starting to integrate him into general education, which was great. But, uh, we, we, in second, second grade year for him, still at the public school, um, great teacher, but it was all online. 
and that's when we got the independent, yeah, because of COVID, and then uh, we got the independent educational evaluation, and they couldn't do anything about um, dyslexia in the public school right. setting. So through the ESA program in Arizona, mm-hmm. we were able to pull him and put him into a private mm-hmm. school where he gets, that's where we divert all of his money. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, they had yeah. dyslexia certified teachers. So he was able to really mm-hmm. just, just push forward faster than he ever has. So Man. I'm going to, I'm going to make a note because that's got to be a future topic. ESA. Um, yeah. ESA because I'm – yeah, because it can be like any other tool. That yeah, can be really I can misused. speak on it because um, really um, – But you just told me that like there's a really yeah, good use yeah, for it. Yeah, so that's something we, we definitely could talk about. But yeah. um, so, hey, maybe we'll get the governor, the governor of Arizona to come in and talk about that. So that would be <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, but I, what I'm what I'm hearing, you know, going back to the top, is um, to to use this as a, as a very intentional mm-hmm. segue. You know, you you found something with the Mandalorian and Star Wars that works for you yeah. both. You both enjoy it. Yeah, we can think. Kath, what's her name? Kathleen. What? Um, it's not oh, yeah. Kennedy. Kathleen. Who's the head of uh, Disney? Yeah. Uh, That's her. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kathleen Kennedy. Yep. Thank her for that. Yeah, we'll that's get right. Her on the that's show right. Next. We'll get her on the um, um, Yeah. Yeah, because. Oh, no. It, yeah, no, go it, ahead. it was. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I don't think it was the Mandalorian so much as the Baby Yoda thing. So that's what brought the journey to the original trilogy. You know, oh, it was. Yeah, he's got baby some Baby Yoda, Yoda stuff. And, and he, w- he was pretty uh, fascinated with Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, every as everyone was yeah. when the Mandalorian first came out, and and that's how we showed the, who Yoda was and to begin with. That's a that's a really freaking fantastic mm-hmm. segue because who doesn't love Baby Yoda? You know, huge success. But I remember hearing an episode, an interview with it must have been George Lucas. I mean, it was ages ago. It was when the the uh, the the mm-hmm. prequels came out, the ones that yeah. George Lucas did. And uh, I don't know if it was with him or it was about him, but they were talking about Jar Jar Binks and how terrible. <laughs> we'll edit that one out. Excuse me. Got to learn to mute. Yeah. Um, how terrible Jar Jar Binks was. Oh, I know what it was. So that there was, I don't know if there was a cut to another interview. Anyways, there, there was a cut to an earlier interview or I saw an earlier interview where they were really worried uh-huh. about Yoda. Yoda was a big risk for, um, for you know, for Empire. Like they were like, we're gonna do this puppet. We don't know if he's gonna like if it's gonna come across. So you know, movies as as forms of art, they take you know, all good mm-hmm. art takes risks, and Yoda was a big risk. Paid off big time, baby Yoda. Paid off big time. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Massive fail. Uh, yeah. So but that, sorry, that just made me, made me think about all that, you know, that, you know, art yeah. takes risks and sometimes you win and sometimes you fall flat on your freaking face. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, <laughs> there has to be some kind of, they, they just made a dumbed down character with Jar Jar Binks. And, and I think that's really what, why Jar Jar wasn't really mm-hmm. well received. 
you know movies better than I do. Do you think there was any truth about him coming out as like a Sith Lord later yeah. on? Because I remember seeing like a YouTube video saw where there was like some indicators. Yeah, it, about that. it was. Uh, I think it was think? just a joke. Some you know fan theory and stuff. But um, I I don't. Yeah, because I mean, what what were the the underwater people? Are all uh, yeah, the, oh, you know, yeah. So they're not they're not out being Jedi's and stuff. But um, yeah, I just I, yeah, I, yeah, I I think it was just fan theory. But um, I mean, I think some people want they wanted to evolve okay. the character is is really what they wanted to do, and and some people flat out just just cut mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks out mm-hmm. of the entire film in the first prequel. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because it was, it just wasn't a well-developed. And also, you know, we have to consider that when we moved past Star Wars and we got to Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, other people were writing and developing these characters. And when George mm-hmm. Lucas went, came around to do the prequels, mm-hmm. he was writing and developing all of them. So, I mean, he didn't, yeah, he Doing had not directed yeah. a Star Wars film since the first Star Wars film. He didn't direct Empire and Jedi. Mm-hmm. He he just did mm-hmm. just did uh, the first one. Um, he had story credit. He had some great ideas when it came to doing the Indiana Jones. But I mean, I, he he lost his Austin Powers would say mm-hmm. he lost his mojo. And so um, <laughs> yeah, definitely and, lost his mojo. Yeah, because it was. I, I think it's fair to say, and this is my opinion, but it's I have a podcast now, so you're gonna hear it. <laughs> It's the most influential movie trilogy of all yeah. time of movies and henceforth of, you know, our, our pop culture. Um, I, I agree. The, 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 obviously the, I um, new hope. I fully agree Jedi. because uh, somebody actually, I just saw recently where someone put um, the Harry Potters up to star Wars and basically called it a bit of a, a bit of a ripoff of what? star Wars. Um, you know, where, where, Oh, I saw. Yeah. It was, was a, um, yeah, it was a, it was like um, a, was that a YouTube I think it was thing? like a YouTube or a reel on on Instagram, but they had a um, they had a uh, young boy who lived with his aunt and uncle, and um, you know he he had mm-hmm. to go find himself, right. you know find find his witchcraftery witchcraft, mm-hmm. go know, find yeah. his own magical he's, he's powers. Just, Harry Potter's just uh-huh. uh, um, and is uh, yeah, yeah, yes. and dad was killed. Right. like a bad yeah, guy. That's right. You that's know? right. He's just Luke Skywalker <laughs> with a stupid oh. lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So with a stick for a lightsaber. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Right. But, but yeah. Yeah. That, I saw yeah, that. That was, yeah, that was so. really good. So where does, I think a big question, you know, now that we've established pretty inaugurable that Star Wars, where does Star Wars go for this? Did I hear that they're actually kind of pulling back? A little bit because yeah. to, to relate it to your your podcast, the final take. I know you and Nelson have talked about this. I think um, Marvel has pulled a Krispy Kreme or is close to it. They've saturated mm-hmm. their own market with so yeah. many movies, and I love these movies. I I love Marvel movies. It's really mm-hmm. good escapism for me. You know, I turn off my brain. I have. A, I'm very entertained. Uh, I don't care what Scorsese <laughs> says about them. I'm very entertained yeah. by these movies, but there's so many. I don't know how you can keep doing fresh work when you have a mainstream 
Hollywood movie that's mm-hmm. going to have a happy ending. You know, there's going to yeah. be a plot twist. Uh, so I don't mean to get off track here, but where do you think Star Wars, Star Wars goes is, with this? You know, and Lucas they kind of digressed with. Um, they pulled back on a lot of films. Uh, just after I think it was mm-hmm. the last year that yeah. really got off track. As far as when you think mm-hmm. of a of a, and by the way, I don't want to like take away from the final podcast. The if you want to say like shut oh, up, yeah, we, you can go seek out. Means, so but, um, here, here, check out our episodes. We'll talk about it in detail. But <laughs> the Last Jedi is an okay Star Wars film, mm-hmm. standing alone by itself. But people mm-hmm. have to people have mm-hmm. to keep in mind. I liked it yeah. that it is a rising action film in a trilogy. So you want it to have the same kind of stakes as the empire strikes back where everything is intense. Mm -hmm. Everything comes to a head and then you essentially have the third film. um, And and from what I understand is JJ Abrams mapped out all, all the films and, but there were going to be different filmmakers Mm -hmm. doing this, the second and third of the, uh, what was it? Eight and nine. But they, after I, I didn't think Solo was a terrible film. I thought I I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Um, but I think it's probably my least. It's probably my least favorite of the the, yeah. the offshoots because I thought they tried to fit too yeah. much in. Oh like, yeah, too I mean, many I references. They, they want to do that. Yeah, that, you know, for, and, it, and it was it was it just it just got annoying, and I was like, no, yeah, just it was bandaged together. It wasn't bad. Yeah, but, uh, I, I I liked it. I watched it a couple of times. But okay. the thing is, is that um, I think people wanted to hate it because they hated the um, the Last Jedi, and it was the same thing with um, mm-hmm. people wanted to hate all the the Zack Snyder DC films, you know. But um, because it, you hate one, and then you want to hate the rest of them. Um, but, and, and everybody will hate watch all the films mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and it could just kind of mm-hmm. tanks that. Cause they, they had a lot of, uh, yeah. Is that a thing? Hate, I, I think it hate is. Watching is that a so thing? So <laughs> people will go to see it, but, and they're like, uh, and, and, and it really just kind of JJ Abrams really had to repair his vision for that trilogy. And, and at that point it was really just kind of damaged, but for the most part though, they're really investing in the Disney plus TV market and um, Boba Fett. They, they had, you know, Mandalorian solid gold. I think they're going to do the Ahsoka Tana. Ahsoka Tano. Um, that's going to be, I think that's going to be mm-hmm. amazing because it's a well-developed character. The Boba Fett was a little slow, but I looked at that as a crossroads to all these dis- different offshoots of, of what they want to do uh, like the Rangers of the new Republic and stuff like that. So they're mm-hmm. really heavily investing in, in their, in their TV um, and, and just really trying to do mm-hmm. something just outside of the Skywalker franchise that is still kind of tied in a little bit, which, which I can appreciate. Yeah. And, you know, I respect that from a form of entertainment because you know, I do have an arts uh, background as we mm-hmm. alluded to before, but I also think that that's like some signposts. Is they're spending so mm-hmm. much money on TV shows 
because I love going yeah. to the movies. I mean, I, you know, I'm a loyal Harkins, you know, cup buyer, and I, I love yeah. that experience. And I know it is waning. I don't know if it ever goes away, but I, I just, I'm kind of bummed to be seeing so much more on the TV and less on the big screen. Yeah. But I do think that is the way of the world. Everybody's got a, you know, um, yeah, TV screen in their pocket, you know, and on their, their computer and... For for better or for worse, I think somewhat for worse, you know, we're losing. I know in the long run we lose theaters mm-hmm. and we lose that experience, or just it just yeah. becomes rarer. And yeah, and I think that's for the most bummer. part, you know, I'm okay with it as long as it's kind of story driven and stuff like that. Um, if it's story driven, episodic, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's and it's it, you know it's mm-hmm. it's serial. Um, they just want to tell a, a, lo- a larger story. You know, I thought the Obi Wan uh series was okay um a little too long but but it was every episode kind of ended the same you know just near miss near miss near miss and then they finally then they finally fought and and stuff Mm -hmm. um we we had a really great um Mm. podcast about the obi-wan uh you definitely have to check that episode out but um i don't want to be one of those podcasters says go check out the podcast but um but uh, well, we're ta- we're we're podcasting about other podcasts, but um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're they're <laughs> oh, okay, uh, yeah. I guess that's a thing. Yeah, th- those those I-, I think they're gonna knock it out of the park with the upcoming um, shows they have on the on deck. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised because they they, yeah. they do good stuff. Well, I I might t- take that as a moment to uh, one of the things we're gonna do in the show is, is okay. trivia. And I do have a piece of trivia yeah. to put out there. Uh, trivia is going to be harder now that everybody's got, you know, um, Bing on their phone. So that was uh, the thing, right? Bing? Yeah. Like a search <laughs> engine. Pops up on edge. So here, here's our trivia for the show. Because we could whack, we could whack, wax mm-hmm. episodic about Star Wars all day long. But I know people know about Star Wars and, and uh, have their own opinions on it. So here's our opinion question for the day what phoenix location did steven bill spielberg show his first film publicly okay are we going to answer that in the next episode or are we and there's people that know more about that's the next episode we are we're going to bring it we're going to there's a phoenix location where he had i believe his first public showing outside of like his friends or boy scouts if that was the case in the movie uh, the was it the cult what was the movie oh, the, the goldbergs no the um showbergs mm-hmm. fablements there we go <laughs> so uh and they skipped this part so it's not in that movie so don't go watch that movie right, so are you alluding to his appearance you. on inside the actor studio when he talked about uh, no, I I know this separately. I know this uh, from okay. other because he does things, mention, but I didn't. I haven't okay. seen him. Yeah, so he does mention um, that he had a screening of a film in uh, in his first okay. film in in Phoenix. In Phoenix. So um, yeah. Okay. So if you want to research this, I'm sure it's it's out there. If you. Bing or yeah. ask Jeeves. He's got a two hour, two hour ask inside the actor studio. So, um, so yeah, it's a great, it's a great, okay, 
but he's not an yeah, actor. Yeah, they get directors the on there every once in a while. So, but they don't have that around anymore. They need to bring that back. Okay. So, okay. anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah, about Star Wars. Uh, pretty much covers it. Autism, yeah, autism. Be a wars, man. Being a good dad. Be a good dad. Um, uh, advocate, advocate, advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, buy a T-shirt that says that you advocate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. just remember your your. It, it, it's like grow. I, I feel like it's like growing up without a father. If you're not fully meeting your child's needs, you know, mm. um, you, you know, to do the things that you need to do. Yeah. And granted, there's times where it's like days are hard. You know, it's like meltdowns are bad mm. and, you know, and, and you don't want to, mm-hmm. you want to do that man approach of suck it up kid, but you can't, you know, that's where it's hard and, right. and you have to sit down and get on his level. My wife's constantly reminding me of this, you know, even, you know, when I forget and it's like, sit down and, and, you know, um, you know, it's, he's not going to get to a place without this kind of care. And, um, and it starts at home, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Brother, thanks for that. That's yeah, thank you. Honesty. Yeah, and even that phrase "suck it up" means keep it yeah. inside. It's like no, no, no. It's no, what no. men used to this do. Is the, this is the Bottle new until um, you explode. Mask. Yeah, absolutely. Just shove it down. Bottle that shit yeah. up. Don't let it That's out. Right. Don't let anybody see. Well, well that it. is our view down. of the manscape. Thanks for joining us in our inaugural yes. episode. Tune in next week when we talk about the uh, transgender world. A lot of going on, especially here in Arizona. We're one of these states where stuff's going on and we're going to have a, a special guest Michael right. Soto to share their views on the transgender world and uh, follow the links we're going to put some links in there to his Star Wars comparison to Harry Potter to see what your opinion is and as Tim said at the beginning feel free to email us any questions comments 